Peace, everyone. Peace, peace, peace. Um, give me a second here. Okay. If you can, uh, if you can hear me, just let me know. I guess do the one. Yeah, and, uh, I can hear you, Chief. Either one is fine. Alright, but just let me know that I can be heard, please. While I'm trying to pull up the chat so I can see it myself. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Just give me a second. Let's just get started so we can get moving. I trust everyone is um, enjoying their day and, um, you know, doing the things that you're supposed to. So we're going to move kind of quickly into it because I'm assuming that all of you have um, at least been able to plug in to what we, the bugging, the bugging out piece that I went over with you last time. I think I did like a little addendum to that as well. And, uh, and then I said that I wouldn't wait until next seventh day and I would actually do the, um, <clears throat> the bugging in scenario, even though we're not at, at the next seventh day. So I did. It, it's just my time has been, um, really preoccupied with a lot of stuff I've been needing to do. All right, cool. Then I got the chat in front of me here. Okay, cool. So I can, I can see your questions and stuff as they come in. Um, so, okay, so let's just, uh, let's get right into it, right? So what I'm talking about in this, whatever, <laughs> uh, I'm talking about um, bugging in, although there's really no such thing as bugging in, but I'm just using that, that title because it's just, that's just common, that's what a lot of people say, and so people identify it as that. Um, but really the idea here is if there is a catastrophe or some sort of catechism that you would be able to have a fortified place that you would be able to stay in and continue to function and work out of. Okay. Um, so I'm just building a bunch of messages while I'm talking. We always got a bunch of things going on at one time. Uh, overseas on the continent, they've they've shut down the way they've shut down here, maybe even more, more aggressively. So, um, I've been kind of mitigating a lot of situations over there with the facilities I have there in terms of like what we've been having to do and just some of the, um, the information that they're getting over there and some of the, the fears and stuff like that. So it's been a lot of, <laughs> The past 10 days, I'd say, been a lot of just back and forth. Now, at least in um, Ghana, there have been two deaths, you know. So they have two deaths there now, and they have about 50 cases. And there's a bit more in Nigeria as well. So, um, you know, primarily in the cities and primarily only with foreigners, um, not necessarily with, with natives so much as far as the deaths. But either way, uh, we had to shut down shop 
So all of um, our NGO activity that we have over there, like the, the, the groups up right, for now. Okay. And they're saying, uh, first they said 14 days and they said one month, but it's going to be much longer. But anyway, so if you see me going back and forth, typing messages, that's what I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm talking to you and I'm talking across the water at the same time, trying to keep everything organized. All right, so we're talking about hunkering or, or, or bunking in or bugging in um, and making sure that, um, you know, you can you can withstand a long-term kind of catastrophe in your house. You know, the first thing I'm going to say is that it's always preferable to stay home, okay? So if you have the option to not have to go away and not have to, get into a car and figure out how you're going to make it happen and, and how you're going to survive. It's always better if you can stay home. That's choice number one, because, you know, bugging out, you never know if you're going to get to where you need to go. Number one. Number two, um, <laughs> a lot of times, and, and I'll, I'll get into this, you don't really know if your bug out location will still be there when you get there, depending on certain things, right? So, in most instances, it's always preferable if possible uh, if you can stay home, especially like if you have children that you have to travel with or elderly people, or you might be going out to a bug out location where you don't really have a lot of allies. You don't really have any friends and family there and you're kind of isolated. So there's a, there's a lot of different reasons um, why, um, why you would want to stay home. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, um, don't, and I've said this before, but I'm going to put it in the context of all of this. Never build something that you can't protect. If you can't defend it, there's no point in having it. I, uh, think about, I don't know if any of you have ever grown a garden, um, but I have, right? And I've had a farm, I've had a garden. And it's very frustrating when you grow food and then uh, the animal, the wildlife comes and takes your food, you know, as if you just laid out a smorgasbord for them to uh, partake in. So, you know, you start to, some, it's, it can be very frustrating. You know, it's kind of like a caddyshack, caddyshack kind of situation. Um, probably most of you don't know what caddyshack is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just having a situation where, you know, you've put a lot of effort and work into something. And then you have something that needs to be harvested and may only be harvested once every couple of months or maybe every six months, every year even. And then something just comes along and eats it up, you know. So uh, never never grow a garden, never uh, plant a field if you can't build walls around that field. And that's really kind of a metaphor for life. You know, I'm not just talking about um, bugging in and things like that, but if you're unable to defend and keep what you have, there's no point in having it because uh, we do live in a society where people will take it, you know, and you always have to kind of think like that. And that doesn't make you paranoid. It just it just means you're, you're, you're prepared. And um, with preparedness, you have to be able to make a sharp distinction between paranoia and preparation, because a lot of people will tell you because you want to prepare, you're paranoid. You're crazy, you know, you're a conspiracist theorist, and 
you know, you're, you're all about the doom and gloom and stuff like that. But in pretty much every town you go into across America, um, you will find a police force. You will find a, a fire department. So, you know, if you were to follow that same theorem, essentially we could say then, you know, the fire, the firehouse should just close down until there's a fire. Then when there's a fire, just give everybody a call and they'll come out of their bed or off vacation, whatever, come put the fire out. But, you know, <laughs> as many of you know, you know, the firehouse people, they stay in, they stay in, in the building and wait for something to happen. You have police who just, train and they just drive around and drive around and drive around waiting to get a phone call, right? So to be prepared is not to be paranoid and and it's not an insane thing. So I I don't want you to like perish the thought. I don't want you to have the thought one iota that um preparing, you know, for catastrophe or um just preparing and putting yourself in a readiness mindset. Set means that there's something wrong with you. There's not. Um, and I'm not even going to say what the extremes could be because I don't know. And every region you live in, you're going to have a different sort of um, preparedness that you need to do, right? So if you live in a warm, warm climate region and it's always warm or it's tropical, obviously you don't have to stack a winter's worth of firewood, you know, as you would if you lived in, you know, Canada or Alaska, right? So um, everyone's needed preparations are going to be different and what they can do will actually be different, all right? So I just want to say that, you know, in starting, uh, home defense is important. If you can't defend what you have, don't even have it. You know, it's like having children. If you can't protect your children mentally, spiritually, physically, you know, um, and intellectually, and culturally, don't have children, right? Because you're just producing, you, you just become a breeder for the machine, right? So, um, just something to give some, give some thought about. So now, um, in peace, everyone. I, I see you all. Some of you, some of you guys I haven't seen in, in a while. I guess, well, I guess it's my fault. I haven't really been doing, um, uh, live segments and stuff, but peace, everyone. I see you all, you know, and, um, Okay, so I was reading some of the comments. Um, so, okay, so let's just start this, all right? So you have what I described before. And again, I really just gave you some ideas before. It's not a definitive, the 20 top things you have to have if you're, you're bugging out. No, like, like I said, have the conversation and I, and I will that it sparks the conversation. But it's the same thing with, um, hunkering in and staying home and making sure, okay, I, you know, I can, I can be in this space. I'm not going to give you a definitive list because the truth is there is no definitive list. You know, um, again, per your situation changes, but I'm, maybe I can spark some ideas in your mind and, and kind of give you some things that you need to keep in mind. Right. So again, first thing, defense is number one. If you can, oh, Okay, a good brother of mine just texted me, telling me he has the virus. Literally feels like nothing. But it feels like a very weak cold. That's because he's so hyped up on antibiotics and, and yoga. <laughs> he can, it's probably going to pass right through through him like nothing. Huh. 
Wow, we we were wow, we were just together recently. I'm alright though. <laughs> I got out just in time. <laughs> um I always get the most interesting texts while I'm doing these lives. But um Okay, so back to what I was saying. Right, so you gotta be able to think about the fence. So even when you're um when you're building or when you're selecting your home and thing like that, you want to think about the possible weak points. And I tell you, a, a good a good film when you're thinking about bunking bunking in or hunkering down, it just with your home defense. Period. A good film is The Purge, like any of them. Pick any of them, right? Um, I know some of the latter ones were a little weaker, but the, the concept is pretty much the same. Uh, when you're inside of your your home, you want to start to look at all of the weak points. You know, like, I'll give you an easy example. I know I'm always giving examples. This is what I do. That's how I teach. I'm an example teacher. Um, I remember several times, like, I, I, I have certain rules in my homestead. And I, because I'm a, I'm a wilderness person myself, and I don't have a problem um, sleeping outside, just taking a knife and just going out into the woods and staying for a couple of days, um, I, I look at my family the same way. So there's been several times when like my children have, you know, done with children, like teenagers, what teenagers do and, you know, decide they wanted to see if, see if the rules are really real. If, you know, if there's some, if there's some flex room in there and I'm quick to bolt up the door on you, you know, like, oh, you're supposed to be home at this time and you're not. Oh, okay. Well, you work it out, you know, so. I've had youth that have been like, yeah, I slept in the car in the driveway last night. <laughs> I stayed in the garage, <laughs> you know, or um, just wherever, you know, again, teenagers. Not, I'm not talking about and teenage boys. So I, I've never done that to any of my girls. But, um, you know, so one of the things you learn when you do that, like, oh, no, you you over your friend so-and-so's house is after well, you can stay over there. You know what I mean? You're going to wear the same thing to school tomorrow. You know, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Absolutely. You know. Um, but one of the things you'll learn is the weak points in your house because my children think like I do. Right? So, heck, even my pets kind of think like I do. Uh, there's been times like, yeah, I've done that and then they're inside. You know? And it's like, I... How'd you get in here? <laughs> you know, and you find out that there's an open window on the second floor somewhere. And all they had to do was go to go to the, the garage and get the ladder and put it against the side of the house, climb up there because they left their bedroom window open. Or maybe there's a hallway window that's open. Um, it used to be the bathroom window, you know. So uh, when you watch moves, movies like The Purge or you just... Um, you lock out your unruly teenage children <laughs> for a couple of nights or a night, you know, uh, statue limitations is up on us. So I ain't worried about it. But, uh, you know, you start to see the weak points in your house. So that's one of the first things that you want to take a look at, like just stand in your house and say, okay, if someone was trying to force their way in here, what, how would they do it? You know, even if it was just me, if I, if I locked my keys inside or something like that and I had to get back in, 
I'd probably know, yeah, that basement window, we never lock it, or that, um, that first floor, um, oh, the sound is low? Hmm, I can't really do anything about that. I see some of you saying the sound is low. Um, yeah, I'm using a different, um, apparatus this time. Maybe that's why. If it's like unbearably low, then I'll just, uh, I can switch. I can, maybe I can, I can figure out how to switch devices. So you just let me know if it's unbearably low or if it's just a little low, like you need to just turn up your volume. All right. Just let me know which one. All right. It's not unbearable. Okay, cool. So, um, uh, what was I saying? So yeah, you want to, you want to like, one of the first things, like I said, it's not low for you. Okay, cool. Carl Saunders. Good name. <laughs> good name. It's one of my favorite, uh, sax players. But, um, <clears throat> so you want to like make sure you, you, you put your mind around it. Like I said, The Purge is a good movie because it kind of gets you into thinking like, yeah, if someone was going to come in here, what would they, maybe I have an air conditioner that, I know I didn't really secure. I just have some duct tape around it, but I really didn't put the screws into the walls and things like that to make sure that no one could kick it in and just be inside, right? Um, glass, double pane glass, uh, porch doors, doors like that that are very easy to knock a window frame out, reach in and, and, and oh, he was named by after him. Cool. <laughs> um, doors like that and stuff like that. So you just want to start looking at like your weak entry points. And you want to start shoring them up, <clears throat> you know, even like the locks that you may be using on your home. Now, of course, I'm still we haven't gotten to food and water and stuff like that. But like I said, don't there's no point in putting those things into your home if they can be easily removed out of the home. Right. So don't even don't even don't even focus on that yet. Uh, you know, focus on first shoring up the home. And there's something else we're going to focus on before we get to that other stuff, too. But we'll get to that. Right. So again, the first thing you want to do is look at the weak points. Um, and then you want to establish a safe room in your house. Okay. You want to establish a safe room. Right. Now, when I say a safe room, I'm not talking like, you know, like, yeah, like what they have on the purge was like, you know, steel doors that drop and camera intercoms. I mean, if you could do that, awesome. Like, you know, let me, let me, <laughs> let me come through. I won't bring the children. They can say, you know, it'll just be me. But, uh, no. Uh, so if you have that, sure, great. But when, when I say safe room, I'm saying you want to have a room where, where you may have, uh, certain extra things stored in it. Like, you, you know, like if, if you have firearms, you may have a couple of, uh, of extra magazines. Um, in that room or a little bit of extra water or extra food or so forth and so on. But what's most important too is you want to make sure that everyone knows that even within the house, that's the rallying point, right? Because that's where things are. And also you want to make sure that the angulation of that room, if you have, because I'm not just speaking about if there's a catastrophe, but to me, and I'm sure to you too, and I've had this happen to me before, catastrophe is a break-in. You know, um, and you have a break in and then you can have a, a home in, invasion. Right. And now, honestly, because of what's going on in the U.S., where y'all <laughs> are a lot more susceptible 
to a, a home invasion scenario because everyone's home now. You know, so it's not like somebody's watching, waiting until you go to work and then, you know, knowing, you know, kind of maybe already been in your backyard already, know if you have a dog, know if you have motion lights and things like that. But now people are like, yeah, you know, they're home, but whatever, you know. So that changes the dynamics completely, especially depending on who you're home with, right? So one of the things is like with your safe room, you want to make sure the angulation is such so that if you were to um fire firearm in that room, you want to know which which angles and which directions you're shooting. Like you don't want to be shooting through windows. Right? That's number one. You don't want to be shooting you want you want certain stops where you want to be shooting into furniture or you want to be shooting into solid walls and things like that. But you don't want to shoot into furniture and you don't want to angle yourself where like, you know, you have a hundred gallons of water <laughs> against the wall and then you're shooting and just shooting up all your water supply. It is just water, you know, flying all over the place. That's not, that's not sexy. You got to go back to the supermarket again and get more water because you shot up all your water bottles, right? So you really want to make sure that what you're doing is your, that safe room is, is properly angled, you know, so that, uh, you can, you know, if you have to fire off or if you have to, exit or you have, if you have to call for some backup or, you know, last resort, you got to call 911 and have stormtroopers come. Um, you have, you have, everyone knows where that's, that's where we hold up at, right? And that room, that, the door of that room may be reinforced, you know, um, we'll talk about reinforcement in a second, right? So again, you want to have that safe room. You want to have, um, and, and again, don't just think about, there's a flood or, you know, um, I mean, all the things that can happen. Um, there's electrical outages. It's, you know, I, I'm, I'm speaking like also if there's just a break-in, if two or three people come into your home, you know, and, and I know a lot of times the mentality is, well, I have a firearm, you know, I have a, I have a, I have a, a gun or I have a rifle. So, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody comes to my home, I'm just going to shoot them. And that's not the mentality you want to have. You know, you don't, that's not always like the, that's not always like the, the first thing you should go to. And sometimes if you're not, if you've never engaged in any gunplay, then, you know, you might have a romanticized image of what it, what it looks like, you know, in real life. But, you know, you hear a noise, you don't want to just start bucking off, you know, all, all through your walls because it could be somebody coming to you for help. It could be your neighbor. It could be something that just happened and that, you know, they really need help so bad that like, yeah, they, they pushed your window in or something like that, you know, um, because you didn't hear them knocking or you didn't hear the bell or you didn't hear your phone and you, you blast your neighbor. So, um, you want to make sure your angulation of their safe room, if you can establish a safe room, which you should. And even like I said, it doesn't have to be a necessarily a fortified room. It should be if you can. But it should be one where you have your extra supplies, right? Okay, so safe room, again, can't defend it, don't put it in, right? Um, and then the other thing, we'll, we'll get into supplies in a minute, but, you know, a lot of times people ask questions about weaponry when you're, when you're, um, when you're bunking in. And for me, I'm a fan of, of the shotgun. And the reason being, again, if you have not trained 
you know, in, in firearms and, you know, you, maybe you just, you're just not very good at it. <laughs> um, the shotgun is good because you're going to hit something, you know, you could practically just aim it to the sky. Somebody's getting shot, you know, in front of you because of, because of the way, you know, it projects. So, um, for people who are not that versed, I'm, I'm kind of a, a fan of, of the shotgun. Uh, but now there's a, there's a caveat to that. And the first thing I want to say is this, is that if you are someone who is not comfortable with using a firearm, don't use a firearm. Don't just feel like you have to have a firearm because that's a part of survivalism. Um, and I'll give you a, a great scenario. Like, let's just say, let's just say men, like you, usually men are a little bit more comfortable with firearms because again, like I said, little boys have fascinations with guns. Um, so let's just say, you know, you, you have a shotgun in the house and, you know, a situation happens. Someone tries to come in, someone tries to take your stores or it's just a, it's just a, a home invasion, right? And you pass the shotgun off. Let's say if you, 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 you have a pistol, you know, and you pass the shotgun off to your wife. Um, and she's not comfortable using a shotgun, then you know that whoever is invading your home is about to have your shotgun because she's going to stand in front of him and, and not pull that trigger, you know, or maybe she she's not good with the shotgun. She might pull the trigger and because of the recoil end up hurting one of the family members. Right. So you don't have to, like, force yourself into this idea that you should be using um a firearm, if, if a firearm is not something that you're comfortable with, right? So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is, and, and it's a, it's a, I would say a real important one. You want to get a sense when you're dealing with things like that of what your family is, is more comfortable with. Uh, for instance, one of my consorts, she likes to use a revolver because she just likes the simplicity of the revolver, right? And that was after her. That was after someone um, walking her through several other options, right? And it was like, oh, there's no safety. Pull it out, pull the trigger, bang, bang, you know, job done, right? Okay, so cool. That's cool for her. So passing her the shotgun wouldn't really be a, a good idea. You know, that's not really where she's at with it. And you might have young children who some may be comfortable with it, some may not be, some may be a little brawnier. And be like, yeah, I can hold that shotgun. I can handle it. And some may be like, nah, you know, I, I can't. So you got to think about stuff like that. Um, when you're thinking about defense, everything isn't for everyone. And sometimes you have to give yourself some time to kind of see what works for you. Um, and like I said, it's not like any type of catastrophe is not like TV. All right. And especially when you're getting into gunplay, it's not like TV. And sometimes if you're, if you're not, depending on who's invading your home or whatever, if you're not comfortable with what it is that you're, that you're holding, you can end up in a lot of trouble. You know, I know if, if I have a situation and someone, you know, takes a gun and, and points it at me like this is holding it sideways, <laughs> like, like they're in a, in a, in a hood web episode, you know, like I'm, I'm going to take the gun from them and beat them with it. You know what I mean? Um, so if, if you're not versed in it and like, you know, you're not comfortable with it, 
an experienced person is going to know you don't know what you're doing and you may, you will probably end up getting yourself hurt, you know, so you don't really want to necessarily do things that again, you may not be totally comfortable with in that sense. Um, and again, you never know who's coming in and who, what kind of training or just experience, what kind of experience that they may have and what they may, they may pick up on. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a fan of the shotgun still revolvers, uh, AR 15s, you know, um, you pretty much can't go wrong right there. Uh, and again, I don't, I won't go off into the, into that piece too much. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know nothing about none of that. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't even have a, a straw to, to spit, spit balls at people, you know? So anyway, um, so you have that, that aspect of, of home defense. And, you know, to, to be clear on something, like I said before, if you are in a situation where you're having a shootout on your land or in your house, you didn't already lost. Right. Because like I said, where's your family at? You know, like, are you shooting through walls or are, are the invaders shooting through walls and possibly hitting people? Are you shooting up your neighbors? Are bullets going out of windows and things like that? You know, these are the things that you have to think about when you engage in gunplay. Right. Um, the, one of the best defenses, like, you know, um, obnoxious defenses, if you will, are things that you will do that would just keep people at bay from your home. You know, like, for instance, um, firework stores, right? Most firework stores, we don't really have any up north. We got to go down south to get fireworks. But I know for you for you guys in the south and different parts of the country, you know, they know you act a little better. So, like, they can sell you fireworks and and, BB gun, and guns and stuff like that. They know up north, we're not, our home training, you know, leaves a, a, a lot to, to be desired. So, um you can get things like smoke bombs, get things like, um, they have the ones that smell and they have the ones that deliver a lot of smoke, right? So even situations like you see someone coming towards your home, imagine you light one of a couple of those and throw them down the driveway, throw them into the yard. Think about the confusion immediately that that would cause. And it would just, whether they're coming for help or not, we just kind of tell them just keep it moving. Like this is, <laughs> this is not the place you want to be, you know, no different than like when you, you're coming near a place and you see a sign, beware of dog, which, you know, you should always have one of those signs, whether you have a dog or not, you know, uh, just like you should always have signs that, you know, you have cameras up, you know, thanking the company that, you know, even if you ain't got cameras, you know, um, or let's say before you get cameras involved, right? Uh, so you want to think about different ways where you can kind of keep people at bay, you know, when, when we look at things like home evasions. Of course, yes, cameras are very important. Yes, loud, aggressive dogs are very important. Yes. Um, but, and I'm not trying to give you these home alone scenarios, you know, but there are things that you can do to, um, you know, to keep people at bay. All right. Um, so that's, that's, that's one piece, right? That's one piece we look at, right? Just kind of like, different things you could do to keep people away. And like I said, there's a lot, like broken glass, nails, you know, different. and I know it sounds silly, but I'm telling you, when someone's thinking about entering into your space, they'll think twice when they see that you're prepared. Here's another very important thing, very, very important. Take care of your home. 
uh, if you rent a house or you own a house, keep the property up. That's one of the, that's one of the first things that you can do to prevent home invasion. Keep up the property. Because what happens is that if the property looks like it's not really taken care of or the owner is not there all the time, then, I mean, just think about what young children do. Like, when a house looks abandoned, they throw rocks and bust the windows out, spray paint on it, because they figure nobody's there, nobody cares. So when your house looks organized and, and your yard looks clean and organized, there's an assumption that there's probably some level of organization inside of the house, right? And I can tell you this, like, even law enforcement, they move differently when a house is organized. Right. So like, let's say if they get a call about a place or they're concerned about a place and they go over there and they think that there may be someone inside of there in danger or whatever like that. If the yard looks kept up, they're they're less they're less quick to try to kick doors in and break windows and like that and damage people's personal property. Because, you know, the assumption is that maybe it's not what we're getting a call on. This place looks pretty well kept. Looks like there's been someone there. They might even ask the neighbor. Have you seen your neighbor recently? Things like that. As opposed to if they go to a place and it looks collapsed to some degree, they'll just, they'll kick doors and whatever, right? So that's, a, that's an important part of you sheltering in because would be invaders will see the same thing, right? They'll see like they got this basement door that's like kind of rigging and it looks so bad that I can literally kick that door in. And then reinforce it once I'm inside, clean it up, reinforce it, and then just be sitting there waiting for them till they come home from work. Right? So those are some of the things that you wanna that you wanna think about. You know, there are people who do think like that. And I, I'm I'm not exaggerating, trust me on this one. So um, you know, when you're reinforcing, you wanna obviously get into the habit of checking your entire home. A lot of times people come home, they don't check closets, they don't check basements, they don't check attics, they don't have any type of mechanisms in their home where they can tell if someone was in the basement. A piece of tape on the door, a matchstick stuck above the uh the, the door sill, you know, uh with it where the door meets the frame. You know, you come home, you see the matchstick on the floor. Okay, somebody was here. It could be a you know, something small that if someone opened the door they wouldn't even notice it, you know, or a light piece of tape. You know, where someone wouldn't notice it. Things like that are very important, believe it or not. And I know it sounds small, but like I said, this is not about being paranoid. It's about being prepared, right? So that's one thing. You know, you want to make sure that your home is actually properly maintained. So it looks like someone's there. It looks like someone who's maybe even vigilant is there. And someone who cares about their life and the lives of the people who live inside are there, right? So these are just some small suggestions. Like I'm not, I could do, I could do five hours just on how to prepare your home. We're not going to do that. Um, of course. All right. So that's just, I'm just want to kind of get you in the mind of what needs to happen first. Here's another thing. One of the reasons that a lot of people will or do fall or really suffer when there's an emergency or there's some type of catastrophe is because they, they suffer from chronic procrastination, right? So I'll give you a great example. Like, does your car need a tune-up, right? 
So if you go to get in your car right now and you have to drive 100 to 200 miles, can you do it? Or do you know that there's something wrong with it? Or, or man, I, I meant to get my oil changed. My car's burning more oil than it should. You know, um, or, you know, my rings are bad. The valves or the valves are, have been clanging together. I need, I need to do my timing belt. So I couldn't even drive another 60 miles. The timing belt's going to go, you know, or, or it could, it could be small things like my wiper blades are bad, you know, or, um, there's something wrong with one of my headlights, you know, s- stuff like that. Believe it or not, that's important in when you talk about disaster preparedness. Uh, and then that also transcends to your body. When's the last time, like, if, if you're someone who's not really that in tune with your body, like, when's the last time you got a checkup? So do you know if you're ready to maybe get on, on the Appalachian Trail or, or get on a trail somewhere and walk? But we said, wait, you know what? We got to walk from New York to Canada. Or we got to walk from Virginia <laughs> to Canada. Or, we got, or we're going from Texas to Mexico. Can you do it? Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't bug out in Mexico. Um, but I'm just saying, uh, but can you, can you move in this, in this fashion? Have you, do you know, you know, some of the deficiencies that you may have, have you addressed them? So that spirit of procrastination is like one of the things that will end up getting you killed. That's one of the first things that you want to address. You know, all the things that need to be tuned up, all the things that need to be addressed, cars, flat bicycle tires, you know, uh, maybe the trucks on your skateboard are loose and those need to be whatever. However it is, you know, the things that you're going to use to kind of move around and get around, just address it, you know. So procrastination is a big one. Get your body. That's the first thing. Get your body strong or as strong as you can. If there's, if you have issues that you know you've been needing to address, um, two things, you know, right now with, 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 even the situation here, you know, the dentist's office is going to close down. What happens if you have an ailing toothache? You know, so you want to think about things like that. Like, yeah, I have this problem here, that problem. And something is always bothering me here or whatever it is. Don't procrastinate. That's number one, because the idleness will kill you. And I can tell you, you know, here's, here's an important thing, especially for you men. The reason why a lot of males have never made it to manhood is because idleness. You know, we live in a society now where so many things are easier, right? And we have a lot more time because of automation. And as a result, you'll have men that sometimes will be like, I'm bored. Like they don't have, they actually don't have things to do or they do, but they don't realize they do. Right. Um, and I'll give you an example, like the secret service, there was an issue, what was it, a year or two ago, um, where there was a bunch of them down in, uh, you guys can tell me in the comments. They were, what country was it? I want to say South America, but they had a bunch of prostitutes in their rooms that they got caught with. They were bringing all these prostitutes back to their room. Um, there's been incidents. There was an incident not too long ago where someone had gotten, um, you know, like they've been finding like secret servicemen drunk and someone was able to drive. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I've been missing these messages. Oh, Venezuela. OK. Yeah. But someone had driven. Thank you. Thank you. Haru, but someone had driven uh, a person with a knife was able to get 
all the way up to the east door of the White House. You know, because you think about the job of a Secret Serviceman, like 99.9% of the time you're doing nothing. You're just standing around doing nothing. And it's only that 1% or 0.1% of the time where things get extremely critical, right? But if you're idle and you've been idle and you haven't been preparing for that moment, then some really catastrophic things can happen. So it's very important, like even, you know, for men, we lose our masculinity through idleness. And if you're not at war or you're not at a battle, don't go create one. Don't go find one, but prepare for it. You know, it's like the movie Avatar when when the guy, I can't remember his name right now, the general, was like, yeah, you know, the one with the scar across his head. He was like, you know, he was working out. He was like, yeah, on a planet like this, you'll get soft. You know, um, and that's the thing. Like, I'm preparing for war, for war, you know, and there's been so many cases of that. This is one of the reasons why the, 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 the um, U.S. military services started to in- introduce athleticism, where they would have the actual, not only did they have to, you know, like soldiers run drills and stuff like that, but then they would also have them like playing baseball and boxing and, and having different leagues to keep them from being idle and to always encourage that sense of competitive competitiveness and athleticism in it. You know, so, you know, you want to make sure, men, you know, that even if, okay, well, anybody breaking in the house now, prepare. Always be in preparation mode and know the difference between busyness and preparation, <laughs> like real and, and true preparation, right? Um, so anyway, so that's, that's like an example, you know, the secret service, like, this is like, you know, one of the most elite militaristic forces, you know, they fall off because you're sitting around doing nothing, you know? And so a lot of times, because we watch TV so much, and maybe not TV, it's a little old now, but we watch media so much, a lot of times we're expecting our catastrophes to come with, like, um, (laughs) strings and pianos in the key of D minor and in timpani drums. You know, and we're expecting this, this soundtrack and, and the clouds to slowly come over like a, you know, a, a time lapse of clouds coming over to, over the city. And we don't realize that catastrophe comes when everything is pleasant. You know, just, just went to the gym, worked out, came back, went for a job, you know, went to my coffee shop and got a latte or a coffee, whatever. I don't drink coffee. Espresso, espresso. You know, um, peace, you know, um, and then just like that, disaster strikes, right? So it's not, you don't always necessarily have this big prelude and this big buildup to something happening. So the sense of readiness needs to be key. Like, can you get a quick, like right now I'm sitting here doing this video with you. Um, can I get up quick and just like move for a mile? Am I able to do that? One day I'm going to share with you something that happened. One day, not this day. Something that happened in the middle of a video. And when if I tell you what it was, you will be shocked. You will be shocked. One day I'm going to tell you. But it's related to what we're talking about. You know, um, and, I, and I, I have to go back and find the show. It was when I was doing Chief Speaks. It was on a Sunday. And I remember the topic. But I'll find it. I'll, I'll, 
don't know which one it is. And then maybe one day I'll do a segment telling you what actually happened or what was happening around me. And someone was trying to do to me while this, this, this show was happening. Um, it would just, it would blow your mind. Right. So again, that preparedness is important because our disaster doesn't come with the ominous prelude. It just comes like that. Like right now, you got this virus, but the virus is really a mass for the fact that the economy has just collapsed. Right. That's really what it's about. I t- but I'm not going to do the, the, those things yet. We'll later. But were you prepared for that? Or did you think the economy was going to crash slowly? You know, did you not realize that back in 08, it, like, it, it crashed in 2000 when the dot-coms crashed. We've been in a recession since 2000, over 20 years now. You know, so um that preparedness, right, is very important to always, but not to always wait for the signs and the warnings 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 because you've been getting warned, right? Another show. That's another segment. All right. So... That's an important thing, right? Don't be idle. Don't be idle. Now, so you got to make sure that your body is already ready, always ready. Always keep at minimal half a tank of gas in your car. At minimal. That's an anu rule. Half a tank of gas at the at the very minimal. If you can keep a full tank, that's even better. But at minimal, a half a tank. Never move around without a half a tank of gas. You see, I said it like five times, right? Okay. Um, always make sure that your oil, you know, or at least you have a couple of quarts of oil in the car. This should always be a go bag, right? So we have a bug out bag and we have a go bag because sometimes you might be in a situation where you're bugging in, but not in your house, right? So what happens if you have to bug in at your job? Something happens, you can't leave your job. You have to bug in in your car. Something happens, you can't leave your car, right? So that's why you always want to have like a go bag with you. Like I said previously, um, at your job and one in your car as well, because it's not always going to be like the warnings where let me hurry up and get home. You might not be able to get home. You know, you might have to handle it right where you're at, right? So, you know, things are a little bit more convenient now because like you have like little food packs and stuff you can have, but at your job, you should have some food at your job, right? Let's say in a situation like this, where you, let's say you have to stay at your job, but it's a situation where like there's a communal refrigerator and your coworkers are nasty, you know, <laughs> they're nasty, right? And you're like, man, I'm not, I'm not keeping food in there. So I eat out. Okay, cool. But now I got to stay here. So do you have some food in your desk? Even if it's just a box of, of um, like energy bars that you just have in the back of your desk that nobody ever sees so they don't come and try to take them. You know, do you have something in case you have to bug in there? You know, if you might have a, a couple of liters of water, you know, in the back of your desk or underneath your desk where the jam, only the janitors know because they're, they're sweeping and stuff. You know, but that's kind of how you have to think. Don't always imagine that, okay, I can shelter in my actual shelter, you might have to shelter in your car, right? So it's something to keep in mind. Now, the other thing, so let's go back to now we're back at the house. So now back at the house, there are some essential things that you need, right? And again, I'm going to give you some ideas. I'm not going to give you everything. Basics, we'll start with the basics, the fire, 
the food, the shelter, the water. Okay? Those are basically the four things that you're going to have to kind of tune in on, right? Fire, food, shelter, water, right? Um, everything outside of that is kind of ancillary. But like I said, if your mind is on defense, you would have already handled that. Like you, you, you already have angled yourself a certain way. So let's start with the fire, right? Um, just to be quick on it, there's two things I'm a huge fan of, right? Because remember, we're talking about Corona, but it, this ain't about Corona, right? So there's two things. Uh, I really like wood burning stoves. And I really like kerosene heaters. I'm just going to give it to you real quick and easy, right? Now, you can get things like propane heaters. Uh, and, and let me just make it clear. Whatever you're using um, for fire, make sure that you have your space ventilated. You know, every year, there's hundreds of people who die because every single year, this is, look this up, because they are starting fires in, in, in environments where they have no ventilation, Right? So it, I know you probably see it on the side of the bottles or, you know, the side of the propane tank. You're like, that's for them. <laughs> it does happen. So, you know, you want to make sure that you have some kind of ventilation. But I'm, I'm a huge fan of kerosene, um, kerosene heaters, you know, because they, they give off a lot of heat. Kerosene is, is cheap and you can get it anywhere, right? Now you also have like small, um, propane stoves as well. Those are cool too. You know, and you can have a combination. Uh, I should just say this that I am not a fan of having one thing. I like to have options because especially in a SHTF, which is stuff hits the fan, a SHTF scenario, um, you don't know what you're going to have access to, right? You don't know if the heat is going to come on. You don't know, let's say if, if your heat, if you have electrical baseboards, maybe there's no electricity or maybe there's, there's, the, the issue is there's a flood. We're going to get to that in a second. There's something about that, right? So you want to have different options, right? So I like kerosene because it's inexpensive. You can have a couple of uh, 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 bottles of it. And, um, you know, on one tank, you'll get at least 11 hours of burning, you know, on your average heater. So that's pretty good. Um, I'm also, of course, a, a big fan of, of wood-burning stoves over even fireplaces, right? But with a wood burner, you could have one installed in your house if you don't have one for like between maybe a thousand bucks, you know, or do it yourself, right? But um, wood burning stoves are great because they give off so much, so much heat. Um, you can heat about 1200 square feet, which is like a small wood burning stove. And I don't mean heat it to like, not project heat, you know what I mean? Um, or just really hot, those of you who have never been in the project. But um, not necessarily project heat, but you could definitely make it so that it's really comfortable in there at and if it's like uh, freezing weather outside, right? Um, and you talk about like your go bag, you know, a candle, one candle, um, <laughs> one candle will raise, if, if you have a room that's at freezing, it will raise the temperature of that room to about eight degrees in a small space, one candle, right? So keep that in mind. Um, candles can be used for light, but they can also be used for heat. They can keep you from dying. Now you might, you're going to be cold, but they'll keep you from, from dying as well. They are fire, right? But again, I'm a big fan of wood burning stoves, kerosene heaters. Kerosene heaters are not that big. 
usually have like a metal cage you can carry them around real easy. You can do the propane stoves, but you got to understand this is an important thing. And I know I'm bouncing around because I'm not giving you a definitive list per se. I'm giving you the mind and you just, you work for me. When is a catastrophe? Every Everybody's going to do everything, the same thing at the same time. That's the first thing you got to understand. Everybody's going to do the same thing at the same time. That's why there's no toilet paper right now. There's no bottled water right now because everybody is doing the same thing at the same time. If the government came out tomorrow and said, you know, um, you know, you got to make sure that you have eye wash because we're finding now that it's really important to keep your eyes clean during this catastrophe. You know, all the eye wash is going to be gone. If they tell you that, you know, um, you know, you can, you, it's, it's important to keep your mouth disinfected. All the mouthwash is going to be gone, right? Cause that's just, it's the sheep mindset, right? Um, and that's what I said. This isn't really about the current catastrophe because the current catastrophe, it, it isn't what they're telling you it is. The virus is the people. The virus isn't some, some bacteria. The virus, ooh, I mean, anyway, I don't go through that. All right. So, um, so yeah, you want to, you want to like make sure you have your fire. Now again, you can do propane stoves. They even sell a little small camping ones that you can get. But the thing is, you just got to make sure that you have extra propane. Like, you, you know, you keep the propane on. Let me show that. And you guys can ask questions at any time. All right. Um, I wasn't looking at the comments, but I'm, I'm going to go back to the comments. So I, I have it in front of me. Um, anyway, so yeah. So there's different options for fire. If you have a home and you have a fire pit, that's also great too. What you do, if you have a fire pit, you get a um, triangular tripods where you can hang like a cast iron um, pot on it. So then you can actually cook on your tripod. Okay. And you could, of course, do this if you have a fireplace in your house as well. You can cook on it on with a tripod as well. Or certain things you could put right in the flame, right? Um, that's why things like tin foil are good. And those always run out. During the SHTF situation, everybody wants tinfoil. There's so many different things you could do with tinfoil, but you could bake your potatoes with your tinfoil or your corn or whatever, right? Um, so that's one thing you want to keep in mind, right? That's for fire. Um, shelter, we kind of went over that already, like how you need to set it up, what you need to be looking for if you're bunkering in. Um, but here's an important thing that you want to do in terms of shelter right now. And you can do this like again, thrift stores. Start collecting blankets, blankets, old sleeping bags, especially like the old, like military. I got some old military kind of from the 50s sleeping bags. The zippers are like this big, you know, the zip line is like this, you know, um, but they're, and they're real heavy. This is before they, they, you know, started using like the nylon filling and stuff. But it, I have those not just to necessarily sleep in, but you can use them to cover your windows and doors. So again, if you have a, a situation where it's lights out or you have no heat, you have no electricity, what you can do is you can use um, blankets to cover your windows. And sometimes you, you well, most time you want to black out your windows, but you can also use them to try to keep some of the heat in. Or again, if you just have a, a small propane heater, or a small kerosene heater, or, or a, a wood burning stove, you can use the blankets and the material to close off certain rooms that you know you don't really need. Because you're going to have to kind of be thinking like, yeah, you're not, everyone should kind of sleep in the same room, 
right? So that way we're, we're a little bit more efficient. Um, or if you have a room leading off to a bathroom, depending on what the bathroom situation is, but um, everyone should kind of be in one room. It's easier to heat, easier to keep your eyes on everybody. And in like some of the other rooms, maybe the basement or the attics and stuff, you hang those blankets up to keep, you know, to keep it walled off if you need to you know, um, proverbially walled off. So having a lot of blankets and material are good for that. And of course, if you just need them to, to cover up with, it's also good. All right. Um, so that's like your, your, your heat piece now. And again, that's also the shelter piece. You want to make sure as well too, that, um, all of your doors and your, your door locks that you're using at least three inch nails, three inch screws for your locks. For the most part, when you buy like a regular lock set or whatever, or if you have landlords, chances are they gave you like a um, one-inch screws that go into the wall. Those are so easy to kick in. It's not even funny. Like a five-year-old can kick those things in with a, with a uh, you know, with their big wheel. So you, what you want to do is you want to take those out, put in three-inch long screws. Now, just keep in mind that if you lock yourself out, you're not going to be able to just to shoulder the door open or to kick it open, you know, but those are some of the things that, that you want to do. Um, you know, some of the things that you see like older people do are very, um, are very effective. You know, seniors will have like the bars by the doors, you know, reinforcing the door. So you, even if you get the lock open, you can't open the door, stuff like that, stuff like that actually works. When, when I've seen law enforcement have a lot of trouble getting around stuff like that. To the point that now they just got to go through windows. They got to break a window and try to go through it somewhere. You know, if they can do that. Uh, you want to use wood chops also on your windows. That's something you can start doing now. Just have them near the windows. So for every window, you should have a piece of wood that you can put so that if someone pops the lock, even though you should have your locks reinforced, but if someone pops the lock on the window, they can't move it because the piece of wood is there. All right. So that's an important thing. Another important thing, um, when we talk about shelter, is you should have like, you can have decorative rose bushes around your property. Very effective. But what the decorative rose bushes do is it throws, it slows people down. If you have them near your window from climbing up to your windows, you know, so you'll hear like some rustling or you'll hear them trying to get around these thorn bushes, right? So rose bushes are very effective. However, make sure that you're not, you don't have overgrown bushes and leaves around your windows, especially your basement windows. You know, where people can kind of just hide behind them and do what they want to do. And there's something else on bushes that's tactical that maybe I'll get into some other time. Um, and you always see them around government buildings. You always see these, these, these areas where they have these stone potted plants, you know, um, and they're always near the, the front door. You, you almost be like, wow, what they like? You gotta usually walk around them, but they make it so decorative that you don't really know what it is. That's so that they have gunfire cover, so they can they can sit behind those and you know. But um, you could do the same thing in your house. Same thing. You can build like walls, whether it's three foot or four foot walls, and you can plant things, little trees and stuff around them, and you can use them for the same purpose, right? But anyway, that's you know to another thing. So, um, yeah, you want to have blankets, you want to have your shelter secured, you know, all that stuff going on that. The fire piece, you already understand. Um, that's basics. Uh, and I spoke to you before, the same stuff you would have in a bug out bag, you should have in your house, the, the waterproof matches, um, the, the lighters, things like that, right? And you should know how to make fire. 
you know, a feral rod is good to get sparks off of, and you can uh, you can light a lot of things with that, right? Um, here's an important thing in terms of your shelter as well. You should know how to turn off the power in your house. That's more important than you might imagine. I know a lot of people don't even know like where the, the main the main uh, circuit breaker is. You should know how to turn off because I'm going to tell you, let's say if you have a situation where there's like a flood, right? In a flood situation, you may have water coming up through the crawl space in your house, right? And getting ready to hit the electrical lines in the house, which could cause a whole different kind of issue, right? So if you know that that's the issue, you can turn, if you know how to turn the power off from the breaker, you can literally save lives, right? So you should know how to turn the power off in your home. That's part of your sheltering in uh, checklist, if you will. All right. So <clears throat> that's one thing that, that we have and we, we kind of put in place to make sure that you have. Uh, and as for the food, right? So we have our fire. We have our, how we set up our, our shelter. Um, and, you know, part of the shelter, too, before I go to food, get friendly with your neighbors. Do favors for your neighbors. I mean, I don't, I'm not telling you to be manipulative, but, you know, you need to create strategic alliances with the people you live around. You know, it, sometimes it could be the smallest things, you know, accepting a package for them and ringing the door, but, hey, this came for you today. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, so that if something happens, you have a relationship and they're not looking at you suspiciously. That's a really important thing. Um, again, you don't want to be shooting your neighbors when they come up the driveway to ask you for your help and you don't want to get shot going over there because, you know, they, you never talked to me before. I don't know anything about you. Right. So you want to kind of be sensitive to things like that. Um, okay. So let's, we'll, we'll just keep that right there for shelter. I don't want to be all there. I mean, I don't want to belabor the point. All right. So. The other thing is um, food, right? Now, <clears throat> like I told you, canned goods are, that's your friend, right? I told you that one bug out thing. Uh, obviously, if you're bugging out, you, you don't want to be carrying a whole bunch of cans around. But what I like about cans, um, you know, with cans, it's not just um, how high does the water have to reach when shutting off the power. Uh, you kind of have to know the structure of your home. Um, so when I, I can't really tell you without knowing how your home is set up. Like, and that's a good thing for you to know. Where does the power come into your house? You know, like for instance, in the UK, their electrical line, lines run underground. In the US, we have poles up top, you know, so you got to know where the, where the contact point is for your house. And you should know with how the, to some, I mean, you don't have to be an electrician. But kind of to some degree, know where the lines are. At your, if they're running underneath the house, to the side of the house, on top coming down, that that will help you. you know. But you know, a rule of thumb: if you have a flood to the point that let's say your basement's going to get flooded, right? Turn the power off. Rule of thumb, because you know at the very least you have maybe a washing machine down there, or you know different things that run on electricity um, that could be affected by by the water coming. All right. Um, but again, I would have to kind of know the structure of your home. And you would have to know the structure of your home. All right. Um, I was on food, I think. All right. Yeah. So here's the thing that I like about canned food, too. Um, 
like I said, I told you earlier, everyone may not be comfortable with the with the with the firearm, which is fine. Don't feel any guilt about that. Maybe you prefer a knife. You know, for me, if I had to choose between a firearm and a knife, I'd take a knife. You know, I'd I'd rather, you know, I'd rather I'd rather do what I need to do with with the blade. Right? But that's everybody. But I, I also I want the problem, you know, if I if if I have to use a firearm, I have no problem, you know, borrowing somebody's so, um, here's the other thing, though, that I like about handguns is that they can be weaponized. So you might have a young child that's like, you know, Bob, I ain't really trying to, you know, ice nobody <laughs> or anything like that. But they may be fine with taking a couple of uh, cans of uh, black beans and putting them in a pillowcase, you know, and, and using that as a weapon, which can do a lot of damage. You know what I mean? So... I know, I know it, it sounds almost silly, but, you know, when you're prepping or you're, you're preparing and making yourself, you know, ready, uh, some of those things that are like a little bit more creative and silly, you got to kind of think about, you know, like, oh, I'm going to throw a smoke bomb from the fireworks store out my window. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and, it, and it may sound silly, but you have to kind of think creatively like that because, I know if I was getting ready to go into somebody's place and, they, and I hear that or I hear some loud, boom, they throwing some M80s at me. It, like, you know what? Let me go somewhere else. Right. Um, oh, and before we get to food, I know I keep, oh, before, oh, oh, that's another thing about you. If, you, if you're bugging out, um, or even your home, you want it set up in a way where, you know, you gotta really be careful about when you're getting deliveries or you're bringing things into your home for this purpose. You know, if, your neighbors are constantly seeing deliveries from Harbor Freight. Let's just say like every other day you see all these panels coming up. You know, there might be some that realize, oh, this person's a prepper. So when something happens, especially they kind of know your schedule, it's like, oh, he's at work. We're going to go over there and move people. That, like, you don't know if your home is someone's bug out location. Right? You know what I mean? So they, they might be like, well, we'll go over there and we'll just be there. For, we, we, we got it first. You know, basically. So you want to keep that in mind. Now, some people even have even said that it's good to make your place look like it's already been ransacked. Um, I guess depending on how you set up, you could do something like that, you know. But again, that's like if you're, you're bugging in, in the neighborhood and stuff like that. But again, know your neighbors, you know. But that's that goes, to, you know, nothing. But again, you want to make sure that it's fortified even when you're leaving. You got cameras at home and stuff like that because... Someone might take your bug out location. And this is again why collectivism is important. You heard the first thing I've said in all of this, like our new people need to live near our new people. That makes all of this stuff a lot easier, a whole lot easier. Like it, it takes a lot of the factors out of the mix when you live with people of your own kith and kin. You know, it takes a lot of stuff out, right? Um, but okay, so let's go back to food. So yeah, canned foods are supreme, right? Because they last forever, right? Um, even after uh, the best if used by date, they still they still you can eat them. You may not taste like much, but you can eat them, you know. Um, and they're usually stackable, which is great too. And I spoke to you before about getting um um. MREs, you can get that if you want. Like I said, right now the prices are going to be high. Um, and it depends on that's what you, you know, you determine what you want to eat. MREs are usually designed to be very high in calories. 
you know, so you can get a, a pretty high because they're made for soldiers when they're soldiers in the field. So the, the caloric, the caloric intake is very high, and they usually put a warming chemical in them as well. So when you put a little water in them to rehydrate, and then you stir it up for a second, like it's gonna be a, a little warm, you know. So it almost feels like almost like a cooked meal, if you will. Um, if that's your thing, you can get MREs, get them when they're on sale. Sometimes they sell buckets of them. You know, um, which are kind of cool. Like they have the buckets for like five people, for six people, and they usually have like a seventy-two hour bucket where you know you could just eat out of this bucket like four people for over the next you know six days or seven days or whatever, um, or longer, depending. It could be three days, you know, it's just seventy-two hours. So they have those, and they make them in different sizes. You can get pallets stuff like that if you want to go the MRE route. Um, Obviously, it kind of goes without saying that if you can grow your own food, you, you're you're ahead of the game. Um, and if your food is chickens or stuff like that, you know, I'm not going to advocate anything that is unclean, you know, so I wouldn't necessarily advocate growing up, you know, um, rabbits and stuff like that to eat because you shouldn't be eating rabbits or, or squirrels and things like that. But, you know, if you can grow your food, whether it be animals or whether it, even in an apartment, you can grow... Um, uh, herbs on your windowsill, you know, that's good because there's certain herbs that have medicinal properties like basil, for instance, basil is, especially basil oil is good to strengthen the immune system and to remove infection of the system, right? It's easy to grow basil. You can grow basil right in your house. Fennel is another one. There's a lot of things that you can grow um, in your house, oregano, you know, that are actually good for warding things off. And of course, you're eating all these, this you know, this, this stored dried food and stuff like that, you might want something to spruce it up a little bit, right? <clears throat> and speaking about sprucing things up, um, don't neglect things like board games, cards, you know, um, just whatever, jump ropes, stuff like that, especially if you have children. But, you know, sometimes the monotony and the tedium of sheltering and kind of have an effect on the mind. So, you know, a good book, you know, and a book that's maybe thick and long that, you know, you have to reread and reread and stuff like that. But just being able to play cards, stuff like that, you know, you can only do with so many push-ups, <laughs> you know, and, and dips off the back of your sofa before you're ready to, to go do something else, you know. Um, so that's just something to think about. You want things that help you also to pass the tedium while you're also in the midst of, of doing your drills and preparing, right? And that goes without saying, too, that families should be doing drills, right? Um, that's good for young people because it also makes them feel empowered. You want your children, you don't want them to, like, go in the shop if something happens and you're like, okay, we got to go to the safe room. You want them to already kind of almost have, because, you know, almost have fun, like, okay, you know, you want to do a drill tonight, you know, stuff like that, and timing them and stuff like that. So you kind of want to get your family in the habit of doing that. And even even in a sheltering situation, it should still be drills. Because, like, you know, the U.S. government typically tells anybody who wants to prep that they should prep for at least a three-day emergency. But they don't prep <laughs> for three days. They prep for much longer than that. You know, so um, you can follow that guideline. Like, when you're starting, like, let's say if today, you said, okay, you know what, today I want to, prep in the event that I have to shelter in. You can start with three days. That's a, that's a great start. Three days. Like we usually work in a rule, of, uh, in, you know, the rule of threes, right? You start with three days 
and then you may go for a month after that. I tell people at least 21 days, you want to, you want to set up a, a prep for minimal for starting and then just keep building. Like if you have a year's worth of prep, you're empowered. You know, it's always important to understand that in a, in a catastrophe, those who are unprepared are the ones who are vulnerable and those who are, that's how the, the balance of power shifts. I'll maybe do a segment on that one day, but you know, the things that put people into power are the things that will eventually remove them from power and put other people in power. Right? So just, it's just a different kind of life lesson. Um, so yeah, you know, again, you should be running drills with the family. So as far as food, you want high calorie food, high calorie food, right? Um, and yeah, you can do the MRE packets if you want to do that. Like I said, they even have the buckets of them if you want. And I, like a bucket, like if you want like a six person bucket, I think like a 72 hour bucket or 80, 80, um, uh, uh, 84 hour, 86 hour bucket. I think it's something like, you can usually get them between like a hundred and maybe $150, somewhere around, some, somewhere in, the, in that neighborhood. Um, and in that, in that instance, it's like all the work is done. <laughs> You got your bucket and you just, and you know, and that will feed a lot of people and then you just have to have some water, right? So now on to the water thing, right? Um, and it goes without saying, of course, beans, rice, things like that, right? You sh- you sh- I think you know that by now with everything that's happening because that's the stuff that ain't on the shelves. As far as obtaining it, you know, one of the tricks is stop going to Walmart. <laughs> Stop going to the big stores to try to get all this stuff. That's just what they kind of got you accustomed to. You can go to Poppy's Bodega down the block, and I bet you you got plenty of rice and plenty of beans. Like it ain't nothing. It might be a little bit more money. It's gonna have that big orange price t- sticker on it, you know, um, and you know, you can scan it on. But I bet you it's the same exact price that it's been. Because a lot of times in certain neighborhoods, some people just don't prep. They don't think about it until. They're writing their name on the roof of their house saying, pick me up, help us. You know, so um, there's still plenty of rice and beans and canned meat if that's your thing to go around. You know what I mean? Um, another thing with the food, man, and, and even the water, make sure you prep for your, your pets. Like, don't don't let your, your, your dog die in the middle of the, of, the, of the house. You know what I mean? Or, you know, your cats be over there eating grandpa's face off. Because you didn't leave any, um, any, any food. You know, like, don't, don't do that. You know what I mean? Um, if you're buying an extra can, let's say if you're a meat eater and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna store up on tuna fish or something, buy an extra thing of cat food for Fluffy, you know, or buy an extra thing of dog food for Rex, you know, so make sure that you're prepping for your animal. Because also, animals are very valuable in a, in a, um, in a prepping situation. You may have, I don't know how to say that. Just take care of your animals. All right. Um, so, okay, so the next thing, right? So we, we have different foods that you can get. Like I said, you can do MRE package, you can do rice, beans, you know, frozen food. I'm not a big fan of because again, you need an infrastructure to keep that and you might have a lights out situation. But obviously, um, if you can keep enough power to keep your refrigerator beneath 40 degrees or if it's cold enough outside, you could just put the items, you know, on your porch or whatever and they'll stay cold. But if your refrigerator is over 40 degrees for at least 24 hours, you got to throw that stuff out. You might be like, this smells right. You can't risk it in a, in a catastrophic situation. You can't risk stomach infection and stuff like that. You know, so, 
I'm not a huge fan, but obviously if something happens, the first stuff you eat is the stuff in the freezer. Like you eat that until it until it's until it's done and then you can then focus on your dry goods after that. As far as water, you know, a lot of people will put a lot of emphasis on spring water and things like that, which is cool. But keep in mind that spring water doesn't last as long as distilled water, right? So, um, because it, it's, it's live, it's, you know, it's actually, it actually has some nutrients in it that you can still use, right? Um, so, distilled water is great, but you know, you can also uh, just use regular tap water, which I, I try to tell people, tap water. You know, like you wash yourself with tap water every day. Like now, because it's a catastrophe, you're too good for tap water. You was raised on tap water, <laughs> you know, so you can you can use a little tap water. It's not going to it's not going to kill you. You can drink tap water. You can put a little bleach in it, you know, um, and that will. And you want, obviously, unscented bleach. Um, you can also use pool tablets as well. The same chlorine that we use to clean pools, you can use. We make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure. It does not have the algae inhibitor in it. That will kill you. It's poisonous. The algae inhibitor. But you can still get the pool bleach like nobody even knows. <laughs> and you know, my video ain't some people gonna see this. So you still, you still got a good shot is at getting as much pool bleach as you want. Right? So um you can do that, right? You got you got those options. But again, like I said, utilize that tap water. You know, all you need is storage container. So as you're buying water and drinking water now, save those bottles. Save those bottles. Okay. And then just start filling them up with tap water now. And you don't have to put the bleach in later when you drink it. You put the bleach in now. You know, just put a little bit of bleach into the, into the, um, into a, into a gallon of the, of the tap water and you got something to drink with. You got something to wash with. Also, um, in a lot of counties and different places, it's illegal to, um, it's illegal to, to do rain catchment, which is crazy, right? Um, but, you know, and again, you want to be smart, you know, because like I've been telling somebody and I, and I, I had to tell my son the other day, you know, this place that, uh, which Western society, they never let a catastrophe go to waste. Never. They're not going to let a good catastrophe go to waste. And that's something you got to keep in mind. You know, 9-11 changed the world forever. And they were able to do all kind of stuff with watching us and all kind of new kind of surveillance. And every time I know I go through the airport, it's always a big, big to-do. <laughs> you know, and... This situation now creates new opportunities for the same thing. So you got to understand that, like, um, yeah, this this is this creates a whole another level of martial law that we are now under. You know, we got roads that are being blocked off now. We got curfews that uh, they're getting ready to start to enforce now with fines and seizures. So that's, that's martial law. Okay. We, we've been militarized. You got Trump who now, now nah, I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, so, so anyway, so what I'm saying is that you, you want to be wise in what you're doing. You don't want to just like, you know, well, it's an emergency. Don't understand. Don't assume that. Don't assume that anyone's going to, 
um, cut you, you know, like give you a little play because we're in the middle of emergency when, you know, they may be using this as an opportunity to force your hand, right? So, yes, you can do rain catchment. You can put barrels outside. And different counties have different rules. Find out what your town's rules are. You can find that out probably now. It's probably on your website. Um, however, what you can do, though, what's not illegal is to have kiddie pools. And ain't nobody buying kiddie pools right now. Right? Ain't nobody thinking about bringing children out in the backyard to come play, you know. Um, you can catch all the water you want all day in kiddie pools. And all you have to do is put some screening over. You're good to go, right? And then you can take that, you can boil it. Um, you can flush the toilet with it. You can boil it and wash with it. You can, you know, you can use it for different things. Even if you don't, you know, you don't necessarily have to drink it. You know, you can purify it. And if you comes to it, you can drink it, but you could use it for a lot of other things. Um, so you want to be creative and kind of think about ways around, um, drawing unnecessary attention to yourself, if you will, right? Another trick is a lot of people don't realize is that in your house, you have probably 55, 1600 gallons already inside of your water heater. In your water heater, go down into your basement <laughs> and your water heater has a drain no nozzle. They all have it. They have a drain nozzle on the bottom of it. Your water heater is full of water. That's a lot of gallons of water. All right. Remember, a gallon, you know, rule of thumb, a gallon of water per day per person. So for one person in water heater, you got about three months of water right there inside of your water heater. All right. So if it comes down to it, and that water is it's clean. It's regular tap water. Right. So if it comes down to it, you can drain water from your water heater. You got water sitting right there. You don't need to, you know, be figuring out some other crazy things to do. Alright, so we have food, water, food, water, shelter. I think we, we covered our main, our main pieces, right? We covered, we covered the four main pieces, right? We, we, we hit the food, we hit the water, we hit the shelter, we hit the, the, the defensive aspects, right? So these are the things that you kind of want to get into place now. And again, rule of thumb, one gallon per person. It doesn't have to be spring water. It could be purified water, you know. And if you think about, you have to kind of use um, some sense. Oh, and defense. That was the fourth one. You have to kind of use some sense in, in the sense of like, based on what's going on, what's really going to happen, right? Are you going to be, are you going to have mandated sheltering in place? Yeah, probably. Probably. Is the water going to go out? Probably not. Are the lights going to go out? Probably not. Because that doesn't achieve the purpose. We just want to see if we can contain you. <laughs> and then now we can come up with, with new laws of, you know, how we track you based on that containment. Right? So I'm not going to get into that. So you have to kind of be wise as to what's happening and what you may need as a, as a result. But, you know, you, like, listen right now. You see how quiet the earth is? Quiet is outside. That's how the earth is supposed to be. What you're experiencing right now, like it's not a lot of traffic on the roads and stuff like that. Um, that's how the earth should be. Oh, Andrea, you still are you are you where you? I see your question, Chief. I'm still out of state. Um, should I do? I need to go home. Are you where you were before? I remember where you were working before. Are you still in that state? I'll wait for the answer. But anyway, so um, 
Here, this is how it's supposed to sound. This is how it's supposed to be quiet and peaceful like this. I don't have a problem with it. You know, um, some people are like, oh, chief, you're probably excited because, you know, you've been talking about this day and I know you've been preparing. No, this is not cool. There's people who, who are dying already. We don't know why they're dying. <laughs> we don't know why they're dying. Um, you're about two hours from home, same state. If you, if you're still working, even I know your work is dangerous because you're a nurse, but if you're still working, just stay working. You know, I uh, remember the majority of this, Andrea, is about the collapse of the economy. You know, so like I have friends now who reached out to me and they're like in between jobs and they've been saying like, oh, like one of my friends, he was like, yo, I got a job. I got an offer. But I just found out that I can get this unemployment for like up to a year now and they added more onto it. And I'd be making more on unemployment than I would at the job. And I told him, take the job because stability is going to be the key in the next couple of years. Maybe I'll do another segment on that. Maybe. But um, don't fall for these little stimuluses and whatnot because they're not really going to do much for you. And like I've told you before, there's nothing free in America except for cheese. And that's the cheese that's inside of the mousetrap. So, you know, you want you want to strive for stability right now, and if that means moving in with a sibling and things like that, you have those opportunities. Take those opportunities because the ride is about to get super rough, super rough. You know, we, we're focusing on the business closures and things like that, but remember there was already massive layoffs last year. We talked about that already. Now there's more massive layoffs. There's going to be civil unrest. Right? I think all the tra- the tanks are coming into all these different towns right now. You think that's for? <laughs> Who do you think that's for? <laughs> you know, so um, if you have opportunities to get near people who you, who you can trust, that's the most important thing. People you can trust and you can start to create small groups and small cells. Of people. And it only takes three families is fine. Two, three families, that's fine. I'd say at least three. Three families and you could build from there that you can live near each other and you can trust each other. And that mean, and you can even, even if three families moved into a house together and st- you could still practice social distancing inside of that house, right? If you still want to go for that, right? But, um, this is the time now that you start pulling into those type of things now. You know, that whole like, well, I like my space and you won't die in your space. And it's not because of this virus. Like I said, the people are the virus. The virus ain't the virus. The people are the virus. It's like the walking dead. The monsters ain't the monsters. Monsters are the zombies. The monsters are the people. <laughs> you know, Negan and, and the governor and um, the whisperers. And those are the monsters. The zombies are like, you know, we just want to eat. You know? Um, so anyway, so that's something that you need to keep in mind. All right. So I'm just giving some things to spark. Now, there was a question put on the last video um, about junk silver. Yeah, get it. Sister asked, should I get junk silver? Yes. Get junk silver, junk silver. What's junk today will not be junk tomorrow. Trust me. Um, but don't go crazy with precious metals. Cause let me tell you something. Yeah, you want to store your money. But as far as like now expending a lot of research, don't do that. Um, a can of soup is going to be more valuable than a piece of silver in a minute. You know, so the thing is you want to, you want to look at the essentials that are needed for survival. You know, like we talk about blue gold. Which is really what these wars overseas are about. The water. It ain't even about the oil. Everything is the oil. It's the water. Blue gold. But, um, 
you now are going to gain receipt of blue gold. If you, if you have a, a barrel at your house, if you can get a, a 55 gallon, uh, rain barrel, and you can keep it in there. You can fill it up from the tap. You can get those barrels for like, well, I don't want to say price, the price is probably higher now. I remember you we give them like 40 bucks, but it's probably more now. It's probably like $200. But, um, let's say you got four or five of those sitting on your, on, you know, in your basement somewhere or covered up, you know, properly so your neighbors can't see them. You're rich. You're wealthy now. <laughs> you know, um, or if you, you have a bunch of cartons, of, even if they're old stale cigarettes or a bunch of liquor, or you have a, 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 a distilling gin, you can make your own liquor. You're rich. You know what I mean? So you kind of want to, you know, put your, your mind in a different place. And again, men, don't be idle. Do not be idle, man. If, like I said, if you're idle, I hope your daughters are pretty. Because you got to think about that day that comes when you have no food. Because like I told you guys before, the supermarkets only have three days worth of food. Everybody thinks there's all this food in the back. Y'all got any more, any more uh, uh, crabs in the back? <laughs> you know, like, no. It's just empty boxes in the back of supermarkets. That's it. All the food is in the front. So once that's gone, what you going to do? You know, you haven't been working. A little $1,200 and ran out. Or the money is not worth anything. That's the other thing that they're not telling you. Yeah, here's your little stimulus of, of this Monopoly money. Because we're coming to that place where the money's not going to be worth anything. Nothing. It's going to be like like Argentina. Like, it's going to be money in the streets. It's not worth anything. I mean, you already know it's not backed by anything. It's technically, it's already not worth anything. But it's really about to not be worth anything. So what's going to be more important in a scenario like that? That you got a bunch of food and water and bags of rice? Well, you might say, well, shoot, we got, you know, eight, nine hundred bad pounds of, of, of rice. You, I don't care about that dollar or that hundred dollar bill. Like, we're, we're, we're going to eat. We got eight hundred pounds of rice. We got two hundred chickens. You know, we got beans. We're growing peanuts and, you know, every, and herbs and we got ammunition. We're all right. We'll be okay. You know, we know how to repair our own solar panels. We got a bunch of deep cycle marine batteries. Okay. You know, that's another thing. Radios. When you're bugging in, you should always have a radio and a flashlight. But here's the thing. Yeah, you can get extra batteries, but they run out. I'm not a fan of anything that runs out. So get a crank radio. Crank radio, crank flashlight. Okay, they got those that you crank up for a little bit, and then they'll run. That's what I want you guys to go buy now. Okay? Um, people are not buying that stuff. <laughs> then you can still get that stuff and you know, maybe even in thrift stores, garage sales, but you can still get that stuff at, at like reasonable prices. You know, get yourself a crank flash, flashlight, get yourself a crank radio so you can kind of tune in to the lies over the, no, to tune into what they're saying over the radio, right? But you're not depending on, I need to get some batteries or there's no sun out, whatever, you know, so anything that you can get that's sustainable, that's what you want to really be focused on. Um, and you should be focusing on that in life in general. All right. So that's pretty much about it for now. There's probably some other things I would have said, but, um, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it simple for right now. Um, again, and really the key is for you to, I'm just going through the comments a little bit. The key is for you to kind of like, um, be able to spark the conversation. You know, that's, that's really what it's about. You know, um, start getting with people around you and start making some decisions around around 
that bunch of things going on at once. One of the key components of being a man is being functional. Can be functional. You gotta fulfill your function at all times. It doesn't matter what the, the circumstance is, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world, you gotta make sure that you're fulfilling your function. Alright? Um, I saw a question. I read an article that they're planning to develop their own form of currency. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what you're supposed to be getting the stimulus in. Whatever. <laughs> You know, that's what they're supposed to be delivering the stimulus. Um, so anyway, like I said, just to recap, um, kerosene heater, wood burning stove, um, you know, uh, you can use tap water and, uh, you know, you just add a couple of drops on scented bleach. You're good to go. Um, you don't have to get super fancy with like stackable water things. Although I do like stackable canisters. Um, you can get like the seven gallon army ones. The ones that are kind of shaped like um like a coolant, uh radiator coolant. They're kind of shaped like that and they can lay flat. Just be careful with those though. Sometimes when you get the cheaper ones, make sure of course you want to get BPA free. But be careful because when you get the cheaper ones, a lot of times the, the the they'll leak out of the nozzles. Or some of them have spigots, which is nice, and the spigot will leak will leak, so you might have to reinforce it yourself with some plastic or some brass, all right? But um, you know, again, um, also for fire, never neglect your barbecue grill. You can cook anything on a barbecue grill. Um, you have that. I've been, I've been like my own stimulus. I've been sending stimulus packets all over the world for the past, past seven days. So everybody has been shutting down. So a lot of my, my family and friends on the continent, you know, I've been, um, I've been so fortunate, so fortunate that Olubumari has given me the resources to be able to Western Union. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of looking at some of that while I'm talking to you. But today's my rest day, so I don't really have to focus on too much. So I'm just telling everybody, like, chill out, <laughs> relax. Everybody's afraid that the banks are closing because that's what they kind of been hinting at overseas at a lot of different com countries. Which means it's probably gonna happen here. You know, um, so they're afraid that they won't be able to pick up, pick up the actual deposits at some point. Um, I also told you guys about collecting prescription medicine, right? So you need to, if you're on prescription medicine, talk to your physician and tell them, listen, I'm trying to prepare for possible disaster. I would like to, if you could give me extra refills. And if they're like, nah, I don't, they ain't gonna get yourself a new physician. So you want to get a physician that understands those action steps that you're looking to do that you, I'm trying to beef up my first aid supplies and trying to beef up my, my medications as well. Um, I would also advise all of you to take a basic, uh, first aid course. If the Red Cross, Red Cross, um, offers a first aid course. So I would advise you to take a, a first aid course, you know, as well and just learn some basics, you know, um, you know, and so we went over that recap, even like a, a self-defense course is great. And I'm not just talking about martial arts, though martial arts is good, but um, just simple things like, you know, um, like how to shore up a house. There's, there's different courses, you know, how to, you know, put a deadbolt, 
lock on every door. Make sure that you have solid wood doors or solid metal doors. Skip all that decorative stuff. Well, he's got a nice window. I had somebody break into my house. What do you mean? Maybe three years ago? That was three, four years ago. I was I was out of the country. And um my family was there. But I was out of the country. And uh somebody pushed in one of my back windows, which was crazy because the window was open. But the back door it had a little like diamond little little diamond glass and he pushed the glass and then reached in and, and went inside and, and stole a bunch of stuff. Um, so skip all of that stuff, <laughs> you know, decorative glass and stuff, solid wood, solid metal doors. Um, get your wood blocks for your windows. You know, you want defensive like rose bushes and signs outside. Um, make sure you have an advertisement for your cameras and your alarm system, but you got them or not, you know, just have that stuff. Um, and then, you know, make some important things, some decisions in terms of like, um, how it is that you're going to uh, defend yourself, like if you're more comfortable. There should be a bat or a stick or golf clubs by every single door. Anyway, anyway, before we start talking about weapons, there should be at least be that by every door. Um, the other thing I want to I want to touch on before I, I, I get into what I'm doing. Um, sewage. <laughs> Sometimes we don't think about this in a survival situation, but this again um, could really greatly affect your health. Real simple, you know, you might be in a situation where like there's severe flooding and the sewage backs up. Sometimes that happens, you can't flush the toilet, right? So what do you do? Uh, real simple thing, just keep a five gallon bucket, right? If you're, you're sheltering in, you can even have a couple of them and um, collect those plastic bags from the supermarket. Um, but also you can, you can keep um, you know, like garbage bags, line the bucket, put them inside the bucket and you can do your number two inside of the bucket, tie it up and then, um, you know, just dispose of it from there. Now, when you get really good, you won't even need the bucket. You could just use the bag, but you got to have the quad strength to be able to do that. You know, so you got to, you got to do those spots where you can kind of hold yourself and hold the bag at the same time. <laughs> So there's a whole, you know, there's a whole uh, new experience of physicality, you know, um, in yoga. But yeah, that's what you do. You know, you just get a plastic bag, you line a five-gallon bucket, and you can handle your business without worrying about spreading any kind of, you know, infection, you know, as a result. All right? So that's pretty much it for now. Uh, there's a lot more to this, though. I'm telling you, there's, there's so much more. Uh, we didn't even get into solar-powered motion lights that you should have. Inside the house and outside of the house, solar powered motion lights. We didn't even get into that. Um, solar systems, I already taught you how to build that. That's Thunderground Thursdays. Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot more to this, man. You know, um, with stocking and you don't have to go crazy with stocking. Just get a little bit of time because again, you don't want your neighbors to see, oh, they just got a pallet of MREs or a pallet of ammunition. You know, when you go to buy something, just buy an extra one, buy an extra two. It will, it will build very quickly because you're not using it. So, you know, it will build very quickly, you know, and I already told you the money thing. The same thing holds true, but also you should have a safe in the house. And what's really important is that you have a waterproof safe and that water, I'm, I'm sorry, fireproof safe. That's where you should keep your weapons. All right. 
Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of people who have weapons of having locks, gun locks. I think that's stupid. You know, as soon as I put my hand on the gun, I, you know, I need to be able to use it. You know, but you want to keep them locked up because young, young boys like to play with guns, right? So, um, but get yourself a nice safe, preferably a, a standing one. So you're not like crouching down and you never know the situation. You want to be able to look at it, open it, boom. And, and you get to go. Um, but in that safe is where you also want to keep your important documents, you know, the originals. Like remember I said, keep copies of your documents in your bug out bag. Keep your originals, you know, inside of that safe. It should be fireproof. It should be waterproof. All right. Because that's another catastrophe. Fire. Your house gets, gets, gets burned. It gets set on fire. Right. So there's all sorts of, of catastrophes from break-ins, fire, flood, and all that stuff is coming. I told all that stuff is coming. All right. Um, this place is being judged. And the plagues are coming to all those who have oppressed the creator's people all these, these years in this strange land. And now as a result, the plagues are coming. The food stores are drying up. You know, the viral plagues are coming and they're passing over certain people. And killing others, you know. So it's all about you getting calibrated right now. You got to get calibrated, calibrated with the Creator. It's not about all that vanity and all of that weak magic and that that um, misguided mysticism. You know, all this time when I've been talking about character, and when I did this segment on time to get serious, and I spoke about righteousness. Remember those? Go back and listen to those. All the talks I talked about character and honor and virtue, or you read my book, The 14 Keys, and I speak about righteousness. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, <laughs> all this time, trying to, you know, pull you in. And some of you have fought vehemently, you know, gotten so offended by the idea of, you know, um, that there maybe there's something in your life that needs to be reformed. You know, or maybe submission should be a part of your life or obedience to your designer. That idea is just so foreign, especially in the culture community where it's like, you, you, it's all that self-idolatry. I'm this and I'm that and I listen to myself and I, it, yeah, you're going to starve. <laughs> That's what's going to happen to you. And I hope you got a pretty mouth because that's going to be your only value in a minute. That pretty mouth, because, you know, all that magic. You got to know when the dispensations, when times have changed. And that's important for coordinators, chiefs, leaders, teachers. They have to know when you got to you gotta cycle the medicine. medicine. It's just like any medicine. It's just like any physical activity. It's just like steroids. You have to cycle them. You don't keep giving the same thing all the time. But there's a time when you, you might change the prescription up or you take a break from it. Because... Things are moving. Remember, we're moving in a, in a cosmic spiral. It's not just a circle where everything keeps happening. It's a spiral. So things are evolving and you gotta, you gotta be able to evolve your instruction with it. So yeah, that's your greatest defense, man. It's just get yourself right. And you can understand what righteousness is. I broke it down into 14 keys and I've been breaking it down. And as a result, people have been running as far away from me.
as it can. Oh, you love the sound of the birds chirping? You know, that's that's somewhat new. Because this there's nobody outside to bother. So the birds have been able to enjoy their perch near me, you know, like they used to before. I said, this is what the earth is supposed to sound like. You know, you're supposed to hear birds and stuff like that, right? And um, not just a bunch of clattering and chattering because people don't want to tie into what's really going on up here. They just want a bunch of noise, you know? And, um, yeah. Plus, there's always less people outside when there's nothing to buy. You know, sadly, I can't buy nothing. I can't, I can't tear the mall down. <laughs> ain't no point in going outside. <laughs> Plus, it's raining today, too. And I really ain't going outside. You know, so, um, all right. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's just a little, a little starter, like, little, little starter kit for some of you guys. Hopefully, I gave you some ideas that maybe you might not have thought about, you know, um, I'm hoping I was able to kind of at least get get the process started, you know, and some of the small things you could do, like I say, upgrading your window uh, hardware, changing the bolts uh, out of screws and your, your door locks, talking to your physician about getting some extra, you know, some, some extra refills, things like that. Um, like I said, knowing about that refrigerator is not going to hold it for longer than 40 days, you know, um, I mean, 40 degrees and but without, you know, things like that. So willfully that, that may have kind of helped. Okay. I'm just, I told you I'm doing two things. Um, and then maybe you'll now start getting on some farming and some hunting and some gardening. And then once you do that, then maybe some of you sisters will also, uh, kind of learn how to can some of that stuff. That would be awesome. Be careful what you can though, because some things are, will become toxic because of the acid in them. But uh, you learn how to preserve. And these are all things that people in the country have been doing forever and people in the city have been laughing at them for. You know, I had elders in my family used to make um, preservatives and stuff like that and, and take the peaches and do all kinds of stuff like that. Um, you know, peaches that would pick up from trees and off the ground. You know, uh, I remember my other elders complaining about that when they were children because... <clears throat> My grandfather used to make everybody go to the train tracks. My grandfather was very strong old woman, so everything with him was at the train tracks. And uh, he used to make everybody go to the train tracks, and like at certain times that uh, the strong, they would carry the produce on the trains, but when they would load them, a lot of them would fall. So they'd be like peaches and apples and stuff all over the ground. So he would make everybody go out there and pick them up, like, you know, sort through them, pick them up, and then they'd cut off the bruises and stuff like that. And then they would make, you know, my family, uh, the, the women, they would make things with, with all the fruit, right? So these are great skills that, like, we're coming back to, you know what I mean? And some of the, the smart people in the country have never left them. They, they've been on this. And, you know, there's a, there's a different value now. You know, wouldn't you love to know how to go out and hunt something if you're a meat eater? Go hunt something and then can it, right? Or go pick something out of a tree and then preserve it or know how to properly dehydrate it, you know, so you can, now you got your stores on another level now because we just in the woods picking berries and things and we can dehydrate this and, you know, some of these, these, these ground herbs and things like that. So, you know, these are skills that hopefully, um, some of the things that I just shared with you, I uh, will help you. And like I said, cans can always be used as a weapon. If your children don't want to hold guns, 
they could swing, they could swing them cans and uh, you know use them for a myriad of different different strikes and things like that. All right. So this is me signing out. Let me just check your um. If I'm going between WhatsApp and the chat, making sure that they're okay over there. Um. Okay. So I think y'all cool. You're more than welcome, Jonathan. You're more than welcome. Just doing my job. You know. Because I was going to keep quiet. <laughs> but that's not that's not what a chief does. It wouldn't be right. Um, and now your job is people who say, Hey, chief this, chief this, you my chief. Well, act like it. That means go get your water. Go get your food. Go get your crank radio. Okay. Uh, reinforce those doors. Reinforce those windows. And if if some of you are women and you don't know how to do those things and you're unable to, you better hurry up and get an Anu man. Stop playing. All right, let me, I don't want to turn this into one of them, you know, I don't want to start chastising everybody. All right, but, uh, so you're welcome. That's what I should have just said. I'm getting older. So everything, you know, as you get older, every moment turns into a complaint. That's what it is. That's what my, 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 you compliment us and then you like go off on us in the same sentence. Um, I'm trying. Alright, so that's that. Alright, everyone. So enjoy your, your, your uh, seventh day. And tomorrow starts the first day of strong. And I know that you're going to get right back on this. You're going to be hitting the thrift stores. You're going to be hitting the garage sales. You're going to go online. You gonna look at MREs. You might even buy a couple of MREs and test them out, see if you like them. You know, if you guys are meat eaters, you're gonna be getting the sardines and you're gonna be getting tuna fish and all your veggie people. You're gonna look into how you can can and dehydrate some of those veggies now. So you can have all that stuff over cold weather. And if, if you're thinking about moving, you're gonna, now you're gonna be thinking strategically and saying, well, what kind of people live with? Maybe I can get close to them and I can be, and everybody can't come with me. Everybody's been contacting me. Chief, where you at, Chief? I don't want to live around most because you're hard All right? But you get around some other Anu people, and you can start combining your resources and getting things together, so that way you'll stand tall because the, pre the prepared ones are going to be running society. The balance of power is getting ready to flip. So, willfully, you're on the right side of that thing, and your readiness is what's going to determine it. All you men who run around can't do three push-ups, you're going to start, hey, man, I'm, I'm I'm in the house, man. I know Logan's not an issue. But Logan works out. You're more than welcome, brother. Um, but you, hey, let me, let me get on my workout. You women are going to start getting on your workout, hitting that, that P90Xs or whatever. More than welcome, Jamie. You know, um, and I'm glad it's helped with your preparation. That's cool. You know, and hey, I got, and I got some good comments on that. Um, I was going to read them out loud, man. I, two things before I go. Hey, those of you who have been um, giving me offerings, thank you so much. Somebody gave me something yesterday, and they were like, and they, they gave it to me, and in a note, they said, this is all I could afford. You ain't, listen, man, <laughs> if it was 50 cents, I'm going to celebrate it the same way as if it was $5,000. Like, nah, I'm, you know, thank you, because that money that you sent, you could have did something else with it, man, even the time you took to send it, you know what I mean? So... Thank you so much for doing that. And I know I'll tease that. I know, I, you know, I, it's for my cigar fund, but, you know, if you look on my IG, it says my SHTF fund. So, yes, literally, when you send those donations in, uh, that's part of the money that's going to the continent right now. 
You know, because I Western Union just made a grip off of me in the past seven days, but because it's SHTF over there in a different kind of way, you know. But um, so thank you, thank you so much for doing that. All you guys who have sent, you know, um, I'm not going to say names because you know you didn't ask me to. Now I think that's it's a little tacky. But um, you know who you are, and I know who you are, <laughs> and you know, like with the cash app, you can't really say more. You can do is send back like a symbol, like a heart or something. So. You know, um, when people first started sending them, I was like looking for email addresses because I'm on my, I was kind of old school. Really. Like, I need to send, like, write a letter, thank you. But, you know, so, um, I don't know everybody's information, but thank you. Thank you. You know, I appreciate it. And, you know, like I said, if I've provided some measure of help in your life and something I've taught you has helped you and you, and you, you know, and you want to give, chief you, yeah, right? But um, if you can't, just just share the videos. I mean, like, pay it forward. You know what I mean? If, if you ain't got it. And right now, things are tight. Things are about to get tighter, man. So <laughs> I'm not like Creflo Dollar, man. He, he putting the cash out out there for people to still send their tithes. <laughs> oh, man. You know, old trot mouth. You know, so I'm not like that, man. But just thank you. For those of you who did, and I wanted to mention it, and it was a comment here that someone's, that someone wrote, I thought was, was, was really nice. I'm gonna read this and I'm, then I'm out. It's, his name is AJ, and he said, I may have sent a comment, I may have sent a comment saying this before, but I want to say it again. I'm a 37 year old stranger from Northern Carolina, California, excuse me, with a faceless avatar. But Nori said to give flowers to legends while they can still smell them. So, thank you for countless hours of beneficial information you have put out online. Thank you for teaching me about manhood and masculinity, which has had a huge impact on me. Thank you for the knowledge, wisdom, and insights. I continuously listen to your talks and learn new things. Thank you for teaching me about family, also big. Thank you for showing me that a man can still be a man while being spiritual. This one is very important. Spiritual men, for a lack of a better term, are usually soft or feminine or too far gone to relate. You are the exact opposite, which is refreshing, and I appreciate that. I'd imagine there's countless others who feel the same way I do. This YouTube thing may not be around forever, so it's important to show my gratitude for all that you have done to help me. I try not to put people on pedestals, especially those that I've never met, but I've had a great deal of admiration for you. From one man to another, thank you. Yeah, man. Um, you're welcome. You know, I'm glad I was able to help. You know. All right. All right. 